All right, friends, we are officially at talk number four in this series of talks that I've been giving on Sunday nights that we've called Only a Prayer Meeting. Now, we didn't have one last Sunday night because we had uh, our members meeting, so let me give you a quick reminder of why we're calling them Only a Prayer Meeting. It's primarily because uh, it is the name of uh, a sermon and a series of talks that Charles Spurgeon preached uh, over 100 years ago at his church in London. Uh, and it was a series of talks that he gave, particularly on Monday night, which was the night that his church would gather for their corporate prayer service. And he titled the book and the initial talk only a prayer meeting because he received so much pushback from people who would not come because it was only a prayer meeting. All right, you guys are starting to get it now. Yeah. And so we've titled these talks only a prayer meeting because we want to help show that this is truly only a prayer meeting, but that it is in these Little gatherings of God's people going to him that God does do mighty things. It is Charles Spurgeon who said, What weapons did the early church protect herself with? Thinking about the book of Acts in the early church, we see this over and over and over again with the apostles, with the early believers. We've seen it with Paul. That is prayer. is one of the main weapons that they take up to protect themselves from the encroaching world. And so the question for us, the statement for us is, if we fight, it seems in God's word that we've been primarily given two weapons to fight with, the first being the word of God, it is the sword, but the second being prayer, that we would not just hear from God in his word, but that God himself would hear from us, that we would take our burdens to him. So week number two, we looked at beginning to think about prayer Corporate prayer, we thought about prayers of adoration, prayers of praise, and how prayers of adoration and praise, we pray those kind of prayers first because those kind of prayers help fix everything that comes after because in prayers of adoration, we see God for who he is. And if we can see who God for who he is, it'll help us understand who we are in the world around us. Next week, we thought about prayers of confession. And what are prayers of confession? But they are a humble means that draw us together to love, that draws us together to correction. And even as we confess our sins to God and confess our sins to one another, as James 5 calls us to, we're able to care and to help one another. Humbly do it. Tonight we're going to move from adoration to confession to, you guessed it, thanksgiving, gratitude, prayers of gratitude. Because prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude, what I want you to see tonight, helps fix our gaze and it helps fix our motivation for why we do what we do. Kind of lay those things out as we go out. It's really what we're about and why we're about it. That's what I'm getting at here. So I'm going to answer three questions to help us understand this. Here are three questions. We're going to hit really quick. Number one, what is it? What is Thanksgiving? Number two, where does it come from? And number three, kind of a two-part question, why and how should we do it together? You can count those as four questions if you want to, but try to slip, slip extra points in all day today. So, so what is Thanksgiving? Where does Thanksgiving come from? And why slash how should we do it together? Okay, number one, what is it? Well, there's several good instructional verses, passages in the Bible. So let me give you a few. You can write down uh, these, and you can go back and look at them later tonight or this week. Uh, the first one, it, well... The book of Psalms is just full of prayers of thanksgiving. A really good one, though, short five verses, is Psalm 100. 
Psalm 100. We'll sing that one eventually. So be patient. So I guess maybe next year at this time, if we have 52 Sundays and we sing a psalm every week, we'll get there. Okay, so, so Psalm 100. Uh, but in the New Testament, we're also given, you, if you look at Paul's prayers and his epistles uh, in particular, but thinking about the book of Acts, even Jesus' ministry, there are lots of, of ideas about what Thanksgiving is. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, I mentioned that this morning in my sermon. Uh, do not be anxious, but when everything, prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Uh, but let me read a few others. Ephesians 5, uh, before it gets into all that stuff about husbands and wives and children, uh, this is what, this is what uh, Paul gets at back in 5, 18 through 20. He says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hey, we did that, hymns, we did that, spiritual songs, we did that, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanksgiving always and for everything. There's two alls there, always and for everything. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then we could jump over to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Same idea, Paul picks it up again. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Why should you do that? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So that should at least abate the question of what is God's will for my life for some of you for a little bit. What is God's will for your life? To pray prayers of thanksgiving. There's a good short answer. There's other things that God wills for your life, but, but there's a good one to start with. So what is thanksgiving exactly then? Well, this is what Jerry Bridges says. He says, thankfulness to God is a recognition that God in his goodness and faithfulness has provided for us and cared for us, both spiritually and physically. It is a recognition that we are totally dependent upon him, that all we are and all we have comes from him. So Thanksgiving is realizing that everything that we have and everything that we are, everything that we do is from God. It's different from adoration then, right? Adoration is praising God for who he is. Thanksgiving is praising God for what he has done. You see how those two things are different there. And this is why confession flows into thanksgiving. It's looking to the gospel first. Often, when I have an opportunity to do the prayer of thanksgiving, whether it's on Sunday mornings or even praying on Sunday evenings, I want to start personally my prayers of thanksgiving with thanking God for Jesus. Because the gospel is the is the, the great jewel of our thanksgiving. All of our thanksgiving surrounds who Jesus is, right? And so we look to the gospel first and then the many blessings that flow out of the gospel. So we see here then that thanksgiving has much more to do with God as giver than what is given in and of itself. Now I want to make that point. That thanksgiving actually has to do much more with God than it has to do with the stuff that we've been given or the circumstances we've been given. Because when we see that thanksgiving is about thanking God for what he has done, then we begin to be able to thank God for everything, as Paul calls us to. And when I say everything, I mean not just thanking God for the stimulus check that we get from the president. But we're able to thank God. Thanks, Amy. We're able to thank God for the hardships 
for the difficulties, for the time of want and the time of need. For not just in plenty, but in little. We're able to thank God for the trials and the testing and the tribulations that we face in our lives because we know that it is Him who gives, Him who allows, Him who directs. And we can begin to thank God for how He is at work in these situations where it may not be super abundantly clear. Okay, so that's what Thanksgiving is. And where does Thanksgiving come from? It doesn't come from your mama or your daddy raising you to pray prayers of Thanksgiving. Though I hope, children, that we, as your parents, are raising you to pray those kind of prayers. That's not primarily where it comes from. And, and you, you get at this idea, you realize this when you think about how often you give thanks to other people, right? You may write someone a card, you may give them a hug, but most often Thanksgiving comes through what? It comes through our words, right? Most often when we thank somebody for something, we either write them a letter or we say thank you to their face. And we see here then what Christ tells us in Matthew 12, 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Not just, and I, I, I really, this hit me fresh as I was preparing tonight. It's not just out of the heart that the mouth speaks, but it's out of the abundance of the heart. That, that our hearts are always abundanting, abounding, they're always overflowing with something, right? The question is, what is the abundance that is in our hearts? Your heart is abundant, but abundant with what? That's a good question to meditate on. This is what Henry Ward Beecher said. He said, a proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. If that doesn't hit you, I don't know what will. So if we're asking how do we become more grateful people? Which 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I read a saying ago, commands us. And I hope you want to obey God's commands. Then what should we do? Number one, we should confess where we are not thankful. Where we are ungrateful. Where we are coveting. Where we are greedy. Where we are discontent. Where we find ourselves grumbling and complaining. Right? You think about the children of Israel. In the wilderness, God provides for them manna and quail. He gives them everything that they need he comes down in the smoke and in the fire so he's leading them he gives them his word he's provided them with moses and with aaron they, you know, everything that they need and what do they do over and over and over again grumble 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 should have stayed in egypt we confess that we move to thanksgiving through confession and then this is revolutionary you guys we ask for a heart that sees the spiritual blessing in every sweet and bitter providence of God. I, I realize that may sound crazy to some of you, but if you want a more thankful and grateful heart, ask God to give you one. Ask God to give you spiritual eyes that see every one of his blessings and ever, every sweet and bitter providence that he brings into your life. This is what Spurgeon says about this. He says, when we bless God for mercies, we usually prolong them. And when we bless God for miseries, we usually end them. Thanks is the honey of life, which a devout heart extracts from every bloom of providence and grace. So here's a good question as we move to this last thought about us doing it together. Here's a question. Is what bitter blooms in your life have you recently thanked God for? Where are you seeing his mercies new in the difficult times? 
And how have you been thanking God for him in those? And where are those times of fruitfulness that maybe you look at and you say, I did that. I got that. That's all me. Have you thanked God for the goodness in your life as well? Okay, so that gets really at the last question of how and why should we do it together? So let me make a couple notes, practical notes here. I've done this each time on corporate prayers of Thanksgiving. One, why do we have corporate prayers of Thanksgiving? Why do we want to thank God for the ways that he's at work among us in other people's lives? Because we want to think more about others than we think about ourselves. We don't want to just thank God for our individual blessings. I'm trusting that you are doing that, but doing that privately. But we want to look outside of ourselves. So when we pray, we want to pray with our eyes up looking around. Not literally. Some of you pray that way. That's okay. Some of you like to pray with your eyes closed. But I mean spiritually. We're praying with our eyes up. We're praying looking around, taking note of how God is at work. So, a few examples of taking note of what God is doing among us. I was talking to our brother Charlie Jones this morning. Charlie had surgery a couple weeks ago. The brother just said how well and how thankful he is for our church because he feels so cared for. He feels so loved. He, he, he wondered when, when things closed down at Open Bible if, if he would ever experience the, the, the church family that he experienced there. And he said he just praises and thanks God for how well the church has cared for him. Another example, this morning, David asked Beth to read Scripture on the fly, like two minutes, well, probably at 1045. Sister got up and read, and it was beautiful. She did a beautiful job. We should thank the Lord for that. I was encouraged this past Thursday night. Greg has a specific burden for the men of our church to be involved in our men's Bible study and to be here at prayer service. And so this brother encouraged the rest of us to encourage the rest of everybody who wasn't there. But then he prayed for it. He had prayed for the men in our church to have a burden for the word and for prayer. I was thinking about Katie Bailey recording songs. Record, are they psalms? Is that she, or she records? Or just scripture. She just records scripture and then sends it to the ladies in the church. To Sometimes tunes she makes up herself. There are so many small things that we have to be thankful for. I really think that we could take up our entire time with prayers of thanksgiving if we set our minds to it. But what will praying like this really do to a church? Some of you may think, well, this is going to make us prideful. It's just going to make us think, wow, aren't we an awesome group of people? It's going to make us disobey Matthew 6, right? And we're going to pray really loud and we're going to say, look at me, I'm fasting on the corner. You know, It's going to make us these, these prideful people. But actually, I think it does the exact opposite. I think it does the exact opposite because I'm trusting God's word, but also because I see it borne out in us. It corporately, it communally sets our hearts not upon one another, not upon ourselves, but upon God. And it forces us to acknowledge that God is not just at work in us, but he's at work in other people. He's doing great and mighty things. It helps us to link arms in battle then. It helps us to encourage and link arms together, not just asking for God to, to, to move, but noting what he has already done among us. We don't just show up on Sunday nights. We've done this on purpose and just say, God, will you do this? God, will you do this? God, will you do this? No, we say, God, you've already done this. Look at what you're doing. Glory to your name. And it protects us of thinking too highly of ourselves. It helps us realize we can't do it all. We can't do it all. 
We needed one another. And it creates unity. I appreciate your prayer a second ago about unity. Because what we have in our church is unity, not unanimity. Two very different things. But prayers of thanksgiving, thanking God for us at work in other people's lives, creates unity. Okay, so there's three questions. What is it? It's acknowledging that God is at work among us. Where does it come from? A humble heart that's grounded in Christ. And why do we give thanks together? Because when God's people acknowledge God's work among them, it keeps them going on God's mission. May God give us eyes that see and hearts that take note and mouths that return glory to the only one to whom it is deserved. I thought I'd close our time tonight then reading an old hymn. I don't know what this hymn's called. It's number three in this book. Maybe it's called, Come Let Us All Unite to Praise. But I'm going to read it for us. Six lines here. Six verses. Come let us all unite to praise the Savior of mankind. Our thankful hearts in solemn lays be with our voices joined. But how shall dust his worth declare when angels try in vain? Their faces veil when they appear before the Son of Man. O Lord, we cannot silent be. By love we are constrained to offer our best things to Thee, our Savior and our friend. Though feeble are our best essays, Thy love will not despise our grateful songs of humble praise, our well-meant sacrifice. Let every tongue Thy goodness show and spread abroad Thy fame. Let every heart with praise overflow and bless Thy sacred name. Worship and honor, thanks and love be to our Jesus given by men below, by hosts above, by all in earth and heaven. Let me pray for us. Lord, we desire to give you thanks because you are deserving of it all. And so we give it to you, the God of glory and the God of grace. We thank you for how you have been at work and we go ahead and thank you for all the ways that you will. We lift up this, all of this thanksgiving because of Jesus, our Savior, in his name. Amen.